Well, Peter, I will admit <laughs> right off the bat uh-huh. that the uh, the misses or the miss and I watched uh-huh. um, uh, Jaws three on Saturday, and it was right before we went to Summerfest, and something happened where we had to stop it uh, about I don't know ten minutes short of the okay. end of the movie, and I'm like, well, we'll watch it when we get back. So, uh-huh. so okay, fine. We, we paused it and everything. And we we went to Summerfest and and. Uh, you were there. You know how that turned yeah, out. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then I got home and and I you know went to bed and and whatever else. Woke up the next day and then completely forgot all about it. And then tonight before the podcast, I was like, oh shit, I still got ten minutes of this movie left to watch. I was like, let's let's go watch it real quick. She's like, well, we we rented it. And it was like a forty eight hour rental. Oh like, shit. Four <laughs> days ago, so I don't think yeah. you can finish it. And I said. <laughs> Oh shit. So I tried to dial it up on YouTube and YouTube does not have the movie for free, but it does have the last five minutes or so of the movie. So I think only missing maybe four minutes or whatever. I can still patch together. Yeah. Jaws three or, or Jaws 3d as it, as it's known. Um, but I guess since we're, we're talking about that, we might as well start with, with Jaws three. Um, sounds good. Peter, uh, well, I, okay, this is a podcast called The Big 4 with Ron and Peter. I'm Ron. I'm Peter. Every week, we take a look at a movie that came out this week, 40 years ago. This week, it is Jaws 3D, and uh, Mr. Mom, Michael Keaton, uh, well, we did Night Shift a year ago, so that, I guess this is his first sort of uh, a foray or breakthrough into above-the-title studio comedy, but um, Mr. Mom, I think, is kind of far and away considered one of his... Uh, uh, early classics, if you will, or, or more memorable roles. Um, so I, I think I'm going to surprise you a little bit on, on this one and my thoughts about both of these movies, but we'll see. I'm not sure where you land on these. Have, have you seen either one of these before? I had seen, I had seen both of them, but neither of them in, in maybe, maybe literally 39 years. Like I remember they were on HBO in 84, 85 or whatever. And that was probably, the last time I saw either of them, I might have seen Mr. Mom once on about ninety, but I don't really remember for sure. But uh, so I was a I was a fan of Mr. Mom as a kid, uh, but I I didn't remember much of it. Uh, same with yeah, same, same with Jaws three, same with Jaws three. I there was like two scenes I remember. One was the uh, where they find the the body and <laughs> they pull the the curtain or the the sheet back and you see the guy's face all gross and mangled. Uh, right, right in the yeah. uh, autopsy room or, yes right. yeah that was yeah. that I, was something i never forgot i i was a big fan of mr mom as a kid um and i have not watched it in a little while and uh speaking of pizza hut uh i don't know if this will end up in the podcast so let me just reiterate peter and i and, and also i just alluded to this with the the reason why i, I did not finish jaws three uh <laughs> peter and i ended up meeting up with each other at Summerfest. Anybody not from Milwaukee or the United States or whatever, Summerfest is the biggest musical festival in the world every summer in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So went down there, had a few beers, drank too much as as per uh, is our, our right as Milwaukeeans. And <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um and uh wait, where where the fuck was I going with this? So Pizza Hut? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, all right, right. So, <laughs> so came home, ordered Pizza Hut. I hadn't had Pizza Hut in a long time. Loved the stuffed crust, and uh, got some wings. hadn't had those in a long time either. It was a real, uh, real nice venture back to the times of at least fifteen years ago when I used to get that on a more regular basis. Anyway, point being, 
back in 2002, Pizza Hut had a weird deal. I don't know if it's weird. I think maybe a lot of places did stuff like this, but you know, this was the the, the heyday of DVD, right? So Pizza Hut was like, you order a, a large pizza and and I don't know, two bottles of soda and some wings or something, you can get a free DVD or maybe a DVD for two bucks or whatever. You can pick from these five titles and they're all from the same studio or whatever. So say MGM or something. I got Mr. Mom and uh, Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey because I was like, I like those movies. I grew up watching those. I've always liked them. And um, I was a little disappointed because they came in a uh, like a slip case, like one of those little oh. things that you would get a, a CDR in or something. Yes. Yes. <laughs> instead of an exactly. actual yep. DVD case to add to your collection. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, that kind of pissed me off. But anyway, so I, I, I've seen Mr. Mom probably back when i got that i assume we watched it we might not have ever watched it but i saw it a ton of times as a kid and uh that that fucking dvd still sits in my shelf under m like <laughs> slotted in that you don't even know it's it's there and i forget i even have it until i'm moving dvds around and all of a sudden it like falls out onto the floor and it's a little uh Cracker Jack packaging. <laughs> That's hilarious. Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey is long gone. I don't even know what happened to that one. But uh, anyway, so so yes, I I liked Mr. Mom as a kid. I remember watching it a ton. It's, it was one of those movies you could watch when it was on TV. I watch it at the grandparents' house, you know, whatever. Uh, Jaws three, I don't think I've ever I've ever seen. But um, at any rate, I, it was good to catch up on both of them, and I've I've got some some thoughts on both. Uh, let's start with Jaws three. Uh, Peter jaws fan a lot of people think jaws is the seminal uh, film of its generation or, or maybe along with star wars invented the summer blockbuster and it's not to be fucked with and we're not here to debate jaws necessarily but uh, I, I think there is a, uh, a consensus out there that the sequels are not all that bad um i think people have kind of come around to them they like them i think two is considered to be uh, not as good as one, but as long as you don't judge it against the first one, it's it's a, a good movie in its own right. Three, I think, is kind of silly and, and whatever, but it, it's still fun. And four, I think you either just flat out hate it or you appreciate it for being a campy kind of shitty sort of Sharknado-esque uh, <laughs> camp classic or whatever. So um, that's that's sort of my my perception of how people perceive the Jaws saga, but... I don't know. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not a huge Jaws guy, so I, I, I guess I don't really know. But. Yeah, like I, I enjoy Jaws. I don't. Uh, I don't know all the quotes. Like a lot of people can just drop at random. Uh, you know, especially with the Robert Shaw lines and yeah. Dreyfus has some some good lines in there and Scheider, obviously. Um, well, even I know you need a bigger boat. Right. Gonna need a bigger <laughs> boat. <laughs> exactly. Uh, I enjoyed the first Jaws. I don't know if I've seen Jaws two or not. Um, but yeah, so, so in terms of like the, the franchise, if you will, I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan, but, but enough to, I certainly enjoy Jaws one a lot, but I, yeah. not as much as, not as much as others do, but it, it certainly is a, as a classic and it's super well done yeah. and it's got Spielberg obviously at the helm and the John. Right. I think I, score. I missed the boat on it. No pun intended. I, <laughs> I, I, I didn't see it until way late you know I, I was born in 78 late 78 basically 79 and you know by that point you're five six seven eight years old in in the mid 80s and, and i guess that's when you would have watched this if you're a kid of my age yep and i i just kind of it, it went 
by me for whatever reason. I didn't watch it until I was a teen. And then by that point, it's kind of like, well, this isn't, you know, that great. Uh, you know, you're, you're a cynical 16 year old. You want whatever is popular at the time and whatever effects are cool. And, and I watched it again in my twenties and thirties and I, I found a better appreciation for it. And I do think it's a, it's a great movie. And, uh, I watched it with all the kids a couple of years ago. And that's when I finally saw number two, which I don't remember a ton about, but I, I do think the consensus on that is correct. It's not a, not a great movie. Doesn't definitely doesn't stack up to one. It's kind of a typical cash and sequel, but I think they did do something pretty good with it. All things considered. And and I'd never seen three or four before. So this is my first time watching three, but it sounds like you've seen three before. I guess. I've seen three before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So, well, you usually ask me, but I'll ask you first. Uh, what, what did you think of Jaws three? Well, uh, this is not a, a good movie, I would not <laughs> say, but it's it's an entertaining one, and it's not terrible and doesn't embarrass itself. The worst part is its effects, um, yes. <laughs> and and I don't know how they played in 83, and again, we, we keep coming back to this time and time again, where it's like the, 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 the thing with this podcast is, how do you put yourself into the shoes of an audience in a, in a theater paying for a blockbuster movie yeah. in in 1983 and what would they have thought about this and i keep thinking back to and and maybe this is the wrong bar to judge this by but we watched return of the jedi recently i was blown the fuck away i'm not a star wars guy and i i said a thousand times i I couldn't believe how much i enjoyed that movie and how well it holds up and how good the effects look even at this point in time um this movie is not that and and i guess it probably didn't have the budget and it probably doesn't have the uh uh the the same backing in terms of effects as uh, george lucas and his whole stable and <laughs> the industrial light and magic and all that but right that all said every time this movie i kind of laughed at something and, and giggled about how dumb something looked there was something else that sort of followed up there i was like well that that actually looked really good like mm-hmm. they did really good use of practical effects and it's shitty use of, I don't even call it CGI, but whatever the the, the other, the green screen effects were at, at yeah. the time. And they would have been better off saying fuck off to the 3D thing and just used more practical effects a la Spielberg. And, and I think that's probably why Spielberg's movie still endures and is a classic. And these other movies are just thought of as kind of okay or, or yeah. silly, but fun or, or whatever. So I did, uh, I did see some reviews written originally in 1983 uh and they were they were ripping on the effects even then so okay uh, yeah i didn't look anything up on this one so this is i I don't know not a drop ball on my part necessarily i I do like to come into these movies kind of cold but then i usually go back and kind of do some research before we do the podcast but uh didn't really feel this one warranted a whole (laughs) but i i didn't dislike it i i thought it was fun and like i said every time i was about to kind of throw in the towel something cool would happen or i'd i'd, I'd find something to like about it or or at least yeah. something positive to to say it was happening um we'll get to the ending but the, there's a perfect example at the end where the shark breaks through the glass and it's the shittiest <laughs> animated thing you've ever seen it's but bad. then but then they go into this little struggle or whatever, and uh, the, that stuff is all really well done and looks looks really good. And um, I mean, even though you know it's just an animatronic shark head flopping around and stuff like that, the the water effects, the the way you know things sort of 
the the practical stuff, the water and, and the people and everything, it, it builds really quickly and really suspensefully. And, and you're, you're kind of into the idea that, okay, there's, there's some stakes here. Yeah. Uh, even though, you know, this, the shark just broke this fake piece of cartoon, you know, <laughs> glass to, to get us to that point. So right. um, the, I thought the cast, you know, Quaid and Gossett are obviously good, steady hands as actors. And the main thing, my main takeaway was, yes, it's not a great movie by any means, but it certainly, in my opinion, didn't, warrant the the some of the scathing reviews i saw maybe maybe there was just some fatigue of of 3d and of jaws as a franchise or yeah. you know it it would to me it was it was entertaining enough for sure it it kept my interest there was some there's some funny little moments in there and, and like i said quaid is quaid's a good a good uh hero for the movie and the and um I forget what her name is in the movie, but her name's Bess Armstrong. Bess I thought Armstrong. she was, yeah. yeah. I thought she was. I thought she was really good too. And you got, you got a young Leah Thompson in probably one of her first movies. And um, for sure, yeah. Oh. the The characters, the characters made it, made it better than what it probably, what it what yeah. it could have been. It could have been a lot worse too. Yeah. The the 3D trend of this time you know you had friday the 13th part three there is a amityville 3d and, and who knows what else i think there were a bunch of 3d tv shows and stuff going on at the time uh it you know it's the red and uh, blue glasses and, and <laughs> yeah. that sort of thing and and i don't know i don't know how that played i do know that i have a friday the 13th dvd set and it's got the those glasses for uh friday the 13th three d <laughs> whatever and uh and i've tried watching that many a times and it it just looks like shit and then when you watch the movie just alone um it is just stuff popping out of the screen and things like that and and, and this movie's no exception because you can see exactly where all the 3d belongs especially at the fucking end where <laughs> <laughs> they like i don't think it's a spoiler they blow the fucking shark up and you know the big yeah. finale is the shark flies at the screen and uh it's it's all its guts and then the last thing is its teeth and yeah um i don't know i i don't know what that looked like in the theater I, maybe it was all right i i don't i don't know but i remember roger ebert's big complaint was always about 3d prior and this is pre-avatar pre-new 3d mm. um he he would say things like it just never never looked that good you know <laughs> like I just totally stop agree. making movies in 3d 3d yeah. like it's not <laughs> yeah it's not worth it and then you no. try to watch it on tv later on or something and it's just you're distracted by what would have been should have been could have been a, a cool yeah. thing flying at you but but now you don't even have those glasses and and whatever so <laughs> right. uh, yeah it's it's a weird gimmick to attach your whole fucking trailer to and, and be like all right <laughs> You know, this is, this yeah, is how this like, whole movie is going to be. Now, Peter, let me ask you this. Have yes. you ever seen Piranha? No. Yeah, the, the, the 2009 remake, uh, I, I can't pronounce the guy's name who directed it. It's, it's, uh, uh, he's a French director. He's directed a bunch of other horror movies. It's Alexandra Aja, A A J A. It's the seminal horror 3D film, but not just in the sense that the 3D looks good, because I don't even think I saw it in 3D when I saw it in the theater, but this guy fucking figures out how to do every 
goddamn thing you want to see in a movie like this and cranks it up to 11 i mean number one there's fucking tits all over the place number two like it, it's people getting like completely ravaged by the the main creature and then it's shit like uh, a girl's ponytail gets caught in a boat propeller and like rips her whole fucking scalp off and it's just like shit. this guy yeah the guy it it, it goes to 11 in in the sex the violence the horror the, the whole thing and um and and the, the comedy i mean it's, it's all done totally tongue-in-cheek so it's not like off-putting and gross and whatever and uh, and granted he's doing an homage to things like uh obviously first of all the, the piranha movies but then things like jaws 3d and uh, some of these other sillier creature features and you know alligator and, and whatever else but uh yeah that to me is sort of the the bar for what can happen with not only 3d horror but just sort of the the kind of throwback horror thing in general and yes if you have not seen that movie you should definitely check it out okay this movie is not on that level but <laughs> um but i do think it's clearly having some fun with it's it's 3d and what it's trying to do and um again i, I don't know i just don't know what it was like to be there in 1983 and uh, check some of that stuff out but uh, it's it's always going to probably be disappointing i mean i'm sure we'll get to a point where we check out a couple other 3d movies from either 40 years ago or 30 years ago or whatever. And they're going to all look really fucking lousy. Porous. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) And I don't even really like today's 3d. I mean, I, I, I never really liked, I, I mean, avatar, I'm not going to say is not a a technical feat, but I didn't really love the movie. Um, And then there, there was so much other stuff going on that, that sort of converted 3d where you had like, Alice in Wonderland and yeah. um, just just every movie for a hot minute was coming out that was all just 3D and it all just looked like shit. It was the, the 3D wasn't good and and the, and the the picture was all muddled and dark and exactly like yeah it gave me a headache. The glasses gave me a headache too. Yeah, none of that and, it, and none of it was the problem was a lot of that stuff just wasn't shot in 3D. So then they just did this weird up conversion thing and. Um, I even had a 3D TV for a while there just because it wasn't like I purposely bought it. I was just buying a new TV and it was like a, a feature that came with it with these mm-hmm. glasses. And I would try to watch all this stuff that was converted into 3D. And, and that looked okay. You're sitting in your living room and you're like, all right, this is kind of neat. I can see the definition is in images and stuff like that. But um, again, it was just kind of like, what what's the, the point of any of this? The only movie that really fucked me up with 3D was Gravity. I I walked out of that movie like staggering out of it like i was just in the the fucking spaceship or whatever you know (laughs) really that's that's the one movie where i paid for the 3d upgrade and the and the hype uh you know it lived up to the hype i i was i thought i thought that movie was really fucking good and and it's a a great movie yeah I'd, i'd love to see it in 3d yeah I'm glad I did because now it's you know pretty much. Although I, I have the the 3D Blu-ray and and even though now 3D TVs are more or less passe and I don't think I can ever watch it in 3D again. But um, but yeah, that that's the one time and it, it wasn't about things popping out at the screen or or flying at you or anything. It was just more of this like immersive experience that when it ended, I remember kind of like my equal, my equilibrium was like fucked up and I was like really? trying to <laughs> walk out of the theater and I was kind of just like. <laughs> Am I floating? Am I like, what, what's going on here? And it's probably like when people go see an IMAX documentary about the planets or, or some shit, yeah. like that, you know, but, um, but yeah, anyway, so I'm not a huge fan of 3d. I'm definitely not a huge fan of this 80s 3d stuff, even though you can get sort of the kitschy campy 
cool to see this and see what it used to be like and it's kind of funny or whatever but um yeah it, it really looks like crap especially when you look at something like deep blue sea or whatever from a decade and, and a half later and they don't have to like animate the glass breaking anymore at that right. point <laughs> <laughs> right they've, they've found a way to to actually do that so but this uh yeah the says the budget was 18 million mm-hmm. um which is i guess kind of surprising but <laughs> i don't know yeah, i don't know high. what the common yeah it's like a 55 million dollar movie you know these yeah. days that's that's yep. a lot i'd Level say movie. so yeah and it, uh, didn't it do it something like well. 80 million or something? Yeah. Yep. 88 yeah, million. So, yeah. Is that worldwide or domestic? It just says U.S. dollars, 88 million. Okay. Well, yeah, it's probably probably just in the U.S. Then that's not bad. Story-wise, I mean, it is this. I'm assuming this is Florida. I don't know if it's ever said. I think it, I think they said SeaWorld Orlando at some point. Okay. It's not a great commercial for SeaWorld, that's for sure. I thought it was kind of <laughs> no, funny. No, come here. Maybe you'll get eaten yeah. by a shark. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Bystanders are in peril, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, when it first started, I thought maybe it was just like uh, some generic SeaWorld type place. But I was like, nope, nope. They're actually wearing SeaWorld shit like that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, uh, there's kind of a similarity, I thought, with, um, so... The park is run by by Louis Gossett Jr., who plays uh, Calvin Bouchard, or he manages it. And I thought there was kind of a parallel to um, to uh, Jurassic Park in the sense that he's he's got these big grandiose ideas, and they all kind of go to shit in, right. in terms of execution. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's something that I wrote down was that it kind of reminded me of of that, obviously <laughs> on a much smaller scale. Yeah, um, I thought it was kind of interesting that the director, uh, who we have not mentioned yet, but it was directed by Joe Alves, if I'm saying that correctly. He's uh, essentially a production designer. He doesn't really have any other uh, big directing credits, but he was uh, on Spielberg's uh, first film, and uh, he's been essentially attached to quite a bit of the the bigger movies in Spielberg's career and, um, you know, a handful of others. Now... Answer me this: Are is Dennis Quaid and um, the other guy supposed to be the sons of Roy Schneider? Scheider? Oh, here we go again. Roy <laughs> Scheider. Please check out our Blue Thunder episode if you want. If you want. Scheider. <laughs> Scheider. I don't think so. Um, I didn't really. Catch are you any sure? Because they're like my dad and my brother and me, like. Oh well, their last name's Brody, so I guess that's, I guess right. they are the. That's what I meant. Yeah, I thought yeah. they were. Jeez. Ah, son of police chief Martin Brody of Amity, Massachusetts, is working as a chief engineer at SeaWorld Orlando alongside his girlfriend Catherine K. Morgan, the park's senior biologist. Among the attraction are new underwater tunnels that allow for a view of the underwater sea life. I wonder. <laughs> What will wow. happen there? Yeah. Well, um, I feel like an idiot for not catching on to that. Yeah, man. This They should have called it Jaws Legacy. That's what they, <laughs> yes, would... That's what they would call <laughs> it today. Yeah. Yep. That's what they would do now. <laughs> his uh, his brother is played by John Putch, who the only other movie I ever recognized him from was uh, Men at Work with Charlie Sheen and Emilio Estevez. He's a, yep. he's a 
dopey cop in that movie, and he's very funny in it. Yeah, um, and then then Alves uh, was the production designer on the first two films, uh, and the second unit director for Jaws 2. Uh, it had been suggested that Alves co-direct the first sequel with Verna Fields, when first director John D. Hancock left the project. Um, and it was filmed at SeaWorld Orlando. Wow. So it obviously had the their their full cooperation but um yeah uh yeah elvis uh joe elvis has a interesting career but again he not so much as a director just mostly as a production designer and, and that kind of thing in a lot of big movies but it's interesting that he didn't really this this film's a hit like we talked about it made yeah. 90 million bucks or whatever at, at least just domestic and um really got another crack at it so from what I can tell, this is his only directorial. Everything else was production design. And then it's funny. It says uh, years active, and then it says through 2000, 1956 to 2000. But he's uh, still alive. <laughs> he's yeah. age 87. <laughs> so <laughs> he did the uh, production design for Free Jack. Yep, saw that. Which That's I believe nice, we uh... mentioned in. Uh... In the true romance um yep. podcast well again that's funny he's got a lot of movies you've heard of uh under his belt as a production designer art director uh so sugarland express uh which is spielberg he's the uh, art director on that and then close encounters of the third kind jaws jaws 2 escape from new york uh he's the production designer on those everybody's all american free jack Geronimo, Drop Zone, Shadow Conspiracy, Fire Down Below, a Seagal. Uh, and then, yeah, 2000, he does Sinbad Beyond the Veil of Misfits, whatever the fuck that is. <laughs> is that a, oh, it's a cartoon, I guess? Okay. Looks like it, yeah. Indian-American animated film. First feature-length computer animation film created exclusively using motion capture. Huh, okay. Uh, but anyway, that's it. I mean, it's literally the last credit. Uh in, in the year 2000. So that was 23 years ago when he was uh, 64. 64. Yeah. 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 Wow. Well, like we said, at least he, at least his one directorial was a, uh, was a smash. Yeah. I mean, you would, you'd think he'd get some more work out of that, but well, anyway, yeah. What else do you want to talk about with this movie? I don't think we really need to go through the plot, you know, so SeaWorld's no. got these attractions, the best, best, uh, Armstrong's character, Dennis Quaid's, is it his wife or girlfriend? Wife? Are they married? I think just girlfriend, but I don't know for sure. She plays uh, girlfriend. Catherine oh, you already said. Yeah. yeah. So alongside his girlfriend. So uh, Dennis Quaid's girlfriend uh, wants to obviously keep finding new attractions, and so they discover there's a great, great white somewhere about. And then Quaid and his brother, of course, have revelations because he says things like, a great white took out my you know, father and our whole town or, or whatever he was talking about. And uh, so they don't, they don't want to capture it, and they try to do that. They get one, and it dies, right? Are we supposed to interpret that as being this new Jaws' child of Daughter, some sort? Daughter, yeah, or, or child of something, yeah. Yeah. So they, they capture one, they keep it in captivity for a little while, it dies in a funny scene where all these people are watching it and then the shark dies and they all just kind of like, oh, okay. And they also like wander away as if like, I guess that attraction closed. Right. <laughs> Nobody's nobody traumatized by seeing a great white just die in front <laughs> just of them in a, die. In a yeah. tank. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing to see here. 
Yeah. But then uh, Mama Jaws, they keep referring to it as the bitch, which seems like kind of a alien thing until you realize this was made before aliens. Uh, yep. Comes out, tries to take her revenge. And then we get some cool scenes where I, I thought that uh, stuff with the um, water skiers and everything was was a pretty, pretty cool action sequence. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, once once it, it, it takes a while to get going, uh, you know, the, the story's compelling enough. Uh, but in terms of there, there seems to be danger happening, but then there isn't. And, there's, yeah, there's a lot of scenes with the water skiers where you think something's going to happen. And even the shark is kind of leering in the background or under underwater and watching all this, but never does anything. And then once the... Uh, once the shit hits the fan, though, then it really does. Well, there's some funny stuff where they'll like, um, you know, you think they're gonna, he's gonna, the shark's gonna get somebody, and then they don't, and you're like, oh, lame or whatever. And then they yeah. go like, just kill the next person immediately. So yep. it kind of gives you the best of both worlds, where it sort of fakes you out, and it's not just exactly what you'd expect, but then it it, it happens again immediately. So the uh, that's cool. Yeah. That's a is that a sausage or a pickle? <laughs> it's a uh, burnt brat. sausage from five days ago. Brat, yeah. Nice. <laughs> Let me read some of my notes. <clears throat> Crispix hairbrush. Oh wait, that's a grocery list. <laughs> okay, that's a joke. <laughs> Let me. Well, first thing I noticed was good cast. I was surprised, like I said, I, t- I told you I was surprised that uh, Dennis um, Luzgas Jr. were in this. Bess Armstrong, I know from things. I was kind of looking her up. I'm like, I don't really know exactly. I mean, she's been in stuff that I kind of heard of. I'm like, what's the thing where I recognize her and her face from? And I really couldn't place it. Um, yeah. There's there's a couple of things in her filmography where I'm like, oh, yeah, I've seen that. But she looked familiar to me, like, right off the bat. So I just must have seen her in a lot of stuff, even though nothing ever really jumped out to me. Uh, one movie she was in in 94 was called Dream Lover, which is a pretty good Fatal Attraction kind of riff. I don't know if you've ever seen that or heard of it. It's James no, Spader I never saw and that. Madshin Amick, who I think is super fucking hot, and I think it's mostly from that. People know her from like Twin Peaks and you know some other things. Oh, but, yeah. But in this movie, she plays a, a femme fatale, and she's you know not afraid to get down and dirty, shall we say, and uh, mm-hmm. it's pretty... It's a pretty, it's a good, it's a good movie in its own right. And then also she's like super good in it. So that might be where I kind of remember her from. But anyway, uh, yeah, good cast. Uh, the, the other first note I made was this bar game standoff. I've never heard of this thing. And what the fuck is the point? Like you're supposed to just like let somebody fall over randomly or that explain was that super one. weird. I, <laughs> that was super weird. So you have, it was, was it Leah Thompson that was. Yeah, I think that's it? where the the brother, uh, not yeah, James Quaid, but his right. brother meets Leah Thompson. Yeah, uh, yeah, I didn't understand. Like, so you just you press your hands together and with and you all your weight, distract them. You distract them uh, yeah, somehow, and then like somebody falls over. I don't yeah. even know if distraction is the name of the game, but the brother said that's how he does it, rather than just brute force. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I had never heard of this game before, and. Uh, didn't make the most sense and it seems like a weird thing to play at a bar but whatever um i like the uh riding the dolphins shark chase do you remember that part yes yep so they're like trying to get away and they jump on the dolphins and, and again there's some kind of it's obvious that it's just not like these things aren't happening together at the same time but 
they did a pretty good job of making that look cool. And even it's just if somebody's riding a dolphin, like I thought they they shot that pretty well. Yeah. They look they look a little little better, even though they're still a little suspect, I guess. Um it's in and, and also that's one of that's a good example of a scene that's just janky enough to be like kind of charming and uh cool in, in its own way. So you're like, okay, I don't I don't believe that this is really happening but it it looks good enough but also fake enough to for you to just kind of be like i'm into this do you know what i mean like i don't know how to describe oh, yeah. this but it's sort of like there's there's some some shit that happens in movies where you're just like that, that looks dumb but you know what like that i'm, I'm all in still, yes absolutely that, that's fun to watch that's yeah that's kind of where that was but um the plot it's kind of who cares stuff there's lots of uh diving uh scenes looking for stuff just an excuse to people become shark bait or or they just point out things like, that's the, the hull that if it breaks, we're all going to be fucked. And you're like, well, I guess the, the fucking hull is going to break <laughs> yeah. later on. <laughs> yeah, some like, good foreshadowing there. The yeah. shark hits this one, uh, you know, pressure point. This whole thing's coming down. Hope that never happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, like you said, uh, real quick, the, some of the, uh, some of the effects, like when the, when the glass actually breaks, when they show the inside of the room and the water fills up real quickly to yeah, the point. Exactly. Where... That's what I was talking about. That was awesome. Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah, that looked really cool and really the practical the shit is good. And, yeah. and the, the underwater practical stuff is good. And the people skiing or the people riding dolphins or all that shit looks really good. Even in a, I don't know, heightened um, action scene where, you know, they're, they're probably patching stuff together. They, they make that work. It's only when they have to, be beholden to the 3d or the, the actual special effects stuff that it, it yep. really kind of falls apart there's that one scene early on where the the sub or what do you what do you call it i guess it's a sub but it looks oh, like yeah. it looks like looks like the beatles yellow submarine literally like yes. the little cartoon yep. just like floating across and it's like outlined and and in <laughs> black because yeah. you know it's like not even part of this image it's, and it's like moving this really people, dumb yeah yeah well, that's the yeah. same thing at the end where Jaws is, is I, I mean, do we even call this Jaws? I guess we should call it Jaws. It's the name of the movie. So yeah. it's not the same Jaws, but the new Jaws, the, the 83 yeah. Jaws, where 83 Jaws is moving towards them at the screen. It's just like this oscillating, like, <laughs> just yeah, weird <laughs> cartoon thing kind of in yeah. the middle of. Um, yeah, it did not look right at all. The uh, the boats and, and skiers being attacked by Jaws is an exciting scene. And uh, as as Jaws is attacking the underwater glass tunnel, I, I thought that was pretty fucking funny. Um, I, I always always love shots like that where so I don't know how to describe this on a podcast, but <clears throat> picture like a, a a classic disaster movie where there's a bunch of people like running and the camera is just slightly tilted up. And they're all like running towards the camera. You just see them all screaming as they sort of like fan out this way. So everybody's like, no, no, no. As, yeah. as they're running there, like screaming. And all the extras that they hired for that scene are doing exactly the right. They're like, there's like, ah, their like hands are on their face and they're like grabbing their hair and stuff. And it's a, it's a total Mars attacks kind of fucking moment. And yes, I thought that was, that was really good. So yeah, there, there, there's shit like that in this movie where it's like these, these guys knew what they were doing. It's, it's unfortunate they had to try to traffic in the, the quote high-tech special effects of the day or the, the 3d <laughs> or, or whatever Cause, right because they had some shit without all that you know but uh another note i just wrote down lewis gossett jr 
<laughs> just he's the man. Yeah, he's he awesome. I, I guess I just meant to say he's he's awesome. Talk about him. Um, he's he's still with us, right? I think so. Uh, let's see. Lou Gossett Jr. is 87 and still still with still us. Kicking. Yep. Still kicking. Yeah. 87. Right. Wow. Been yeah. acting since 1959. Born in 36. Wow. Yeah, he. Uh, you know, I. I remember wanting to like Iron Eagle, uh, but I didn't really like that one too much. Or yeah, I don't think I ever saw I it. He, what is that? 86. Iron Eagle. We can do that. Yeah, 86. Yep. Perfect. Uh, Enemy Mine also with with Quaid. Um, Oh yeah, was always a, a kind of a classic one for me. That, that that's a pretty enjoyable movie. Well, the year before this, he was in Officer and Gentleman. Did he win an Oscar? Yep. Or he's at he least nominated. He won it. I, he won. He won he best won supporting it? actor. Yep. Good for him. Yeah, and he uh, won an Emmy for Roots in '77, and was nominated a bunch of other times for. Yeah, he various was a movies. big deal for a while there. He really was. And it's funny that it was in the 80s when he was 50 years old. <laughs> like, I know, isn't that crazy? Yeah. So by Officer and a Gentleman, he was, what, mid-50s or something? No, no mid-40s. Right. He was born in 36. Early, yeah. But oh, either yeah, way, so 36 been, to 86 yeah. is uh, 50, so he'd have been 44 yeah. or something. So Yeah, like yeah. our age now, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you ever see the a... movie Digstown? Movie what? Uh, Digstown with James oh, yeah. Woods. With Woods. Sure. Yeah. I we talked about this on one of our uh, Woods episodes, which we seem to have more yeah. of than we really. <laughs> <laughs> right. Should have. How does he keep coming in? <laughs> yeah. Well, video drone, but then we also did the specialist for some reason. But. Nineteen ninety four is the specialist on the Big Four O, but. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Woods. Woods was the man from you know eighty two to I don't know. Uh, 98 or something and then sure we found yeah i'd terrible. say that's an accurate yeah <laughs> then we found then he opened his yapper <laughs> well even after he wasn't a you know sort of leading man or considered a great actor or whatever anymore like he he found this niche of just being this asshole who would do a great uh supporting role in in movies and just like fucking steal them and walk away with them and that's true of the specialist and uh yeah uh, I don't know the getaway, and, and we talked hard about things sound yeah. the hard way. Yeah, well, I mean, he's more of a lead yeah. in that, but um, well, even true, so, yeah. but even so, like he he wasn't he he obviously knew like okay, I guess my time of being a Oliver Stone uh, lead Oscar contender guy is probably past. I'm just gonna lean into my uh, kind of cranky assholey cokehead <laughs> fucking <laughs> whatever, and yeah, and yeah, he did a. Did a great job for a good decade, just just running on that, and um, yeah, I mean, he's a piece of shit now, but I I'm not gonna begrudge his uh, that that 15 year run or whatever it is. So yeah, Digstown, yeah, 92 August of 92. I remember seeing that with my mother, who's yeah. who's in the house during this the production of the Big Four O. Oh yeah, say hi to Ann. Yeah, I will. <laughs> She's upstairs currently. Yep, taking care of the kids. Yep. Um, that's good. <clears throat> any other notes that you had for, uh, Oh, the dude hanging out inside jaws mouth is a great scene. Do you remember that? Yes. Yes. <laughs> that was, that creeped me out. That legit yeah. creeped me out a little bit. I'm like, yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> that was yeah. great for a good you know minute or so they just filmed this guy mm-hmm. inside the mouth and you think like maybe he's gonna make it out or he's gonna do something to get out of there it's sort of like uh the pinocchio thing being in the belly of the whale or whatever i mean yeah that was, that was a, a pretty good scene that was a smart thing that's what i'm saying man when this movie's not going for like oh check out us you know blow this shit at your face in 3d yeah it, it's got some <laughs> good ideas yeah um so yeah i don't know i mean i yeah i feel like we're not really talking a whole lot about this movie but at the same time there's not a whole lot to talk about there's some good uh shark scenes there's some good uh fucking action i like quaid in it i like louis gossett jr um Bess armstrong um it's cool it takes place at sea world it's got some good ideas i like the uh practical effects more than the 3d effects um I, I don't know if you can call the 3D ambitious or, or whatever for its time. Again, it's a hard line to sort of toe, but I guess if we're going to go by the critics saying it all looked like shit even at the time, then that's probably where you got to gotta sort of come down on that. Um, right. It's not you know, when it, with Jaws' like level the... or even Jaws yeah. 2 maybe, but I, I, it was entertaining. Right. I, I didn't I, – I enjoyed watching this. It was a fine Saturday afternoon watch before you go to – Summerfest and get fucking before you go to summer right smoke yeah i mean you know what you're gonna get with the movie eat a bunch of (laughs) stuffed crust pizza and wings and wake up the next day and forgot that your rental ran out and have to watch the rest of it on youtube it's you know it's one of those movies it's a classic of that genre Uh, right (laughs) it's easily the best of that genre for sure well i don't know the best i'm sure there's some other movie right (laughs) yeah there's you know a movie like this you're you know what you're getting and you know we're not spoiling anything by telling you that they figure out a way to kill jaws we are in fact we already said that yes he they, blow they really up. don't figure out a way. It just so happens that another guy ends up in Jaws's mouth, and then they mouth. hook up like a <laughs> coat hanger to a grenade that luckily <laughs> happens to be there. Hey, didn't you think that guy who was uh, uh, doing the um, initial? Remember when he, uh, the the guy who wants to like go down and take pictures and video? Jaws? Yeah, the guy, the guy in the stomach or the guy yeah. in the mouth of Jaws. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't didn't you think uh, he looked like Aaron Eckhart? Looked yes. Like- yes. A lot of. Yep. Absolutely. Apparently he passed away. I'm just now learning um, oh, in 2010 um, huh. at the age of 58. But yes, he. I, th- I found him to be kind of a funny, funny character. Yeah. And uh, you know, at first I thought he was going to be like the obnoxious one who, whose ambitions, you know, put everyone in danger. And in some senses it does. But no, he's actually trying to help out too. Um, in it, but yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, the... Simon McCorkendale died of bowel cancer in 2010. Ugh. Yeah, Shit, that's not a fun way sucks. to go. Yeah, was he in other stuff up to that point, or like he? Uh, or did see. it? Did uh, Aaron Eckhart just take over all his? <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> he was in uh, Wing Commander in 1999 with. Uh, okay, I kind of remember here. that. I remember Freddie Prinze and yeah. Matthew Lillard and yeah. Jeez. Other than that, not much uh, after 99. Um, a lot of TV work. Hmm. Um, yeah, I like that guy. He's got a good uh, like screen presence and, and jawline mm-hmm. and face a la Aaron Eckhart. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's Aaron exactly. Eckhart's biggest <laughs> asset as well. Um, Pretty much, yep. Uh yeah, what else? Is that it? I think that's that's everything I have to say about 
That's Jaws all. I, yeah. Three. I thought. I guess I, I might have said this already, but I'll reiterate. I thought it was cool they use SeaWorld as an actual location. Um, yeah. And yeah, you know, I don't know, but I I was gonna say I give this movie two and a half stars. I'm like, it's it's fun. It's functional. It's not essential. Nobody needs to necessarily watch this or run out and do that. But the more I talk about it, I'm tempted to go three just for what it is, but. Then you got Jaws 2, which I feel like is kind of a three-star movie to Jaws is four. So, yeah, I don't want to go too crazy. Yeah, two and a half, about a four. Like, it doesn't embarrass yeah. itself, but the stuff that sucks or, or is too typical about it, I think, is uh, probably enough to drag it down to less than three in my book. I totally but, agree. Yeah, two and a half is what I what I gave it as well. Just right. didn't seem worthy of the of some the of the... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. It that was, said, uh, though, like if you, if you're concerned about things, like it it takes a little while to get going, as all these movies do, um, and then there's some slow stretches in between the shark action. So it's also kind of indifferently paced, I guess, is another problem I had with it. Uh, there's a general predictability to what's going to happen, but I guess maybe that's true of any sort of creature feature. But it just doesn't it doesn't play with the formula enough, you know. There's there's nothing really new and exciting here. They do some good jobs, like we were talking about with the the performances and some of the action scenes, but um, that's really all it's got going for it, you know. It's it's not. Yeah. They're lucky they got the talent they have and and some right <laughs> right exactly. Have, all right. Do we need a break before Mr. Mom? Or are you good to just roll right into this? I can roll right into it. Are you good? No, you I'm need good. Another beer. All right. Um, got I'll... three quarters of a beer. All right. All right. Well, Mr. Mom, as I told you, Peter is a uh, film I really liked as a kid. Uh, now, in continuing with our saga of Saturday, I came home post Summerfest, ate all that pizza and those wings, and watched this movie. And Peter, I was shocked and saddened and disappointed by how much I did not like this movie um, all these years later. Now, that said, it, it's not a bad movie and it, the stuff I like about it is still there. I just thought yeah. it was completely cliche and predictable and boring and uh, there's some uh, smirks, but no laughs. Uh, yes. Keaton is is good. Um, the The plot is a uh, interesting one, albeit they do literally nothing than the most obvious uh, shit with it. You and I could have wrote this movie. Again, maybe this hit harder in 1993. I just, I was, I for a movie that I sort of revered as a kid, and I remember when we were talking about doing this, I'm like, well, we got to do Mr. Mom. That's fucking, yeah. you know, that's a that's a classic of the <laughs> 80s or whatever. Um, I, I was really let down by Mr. Mom, and and part of that's nostalgia and my own dumb expectations, perhaps. Um, but uh, it's it's a well-intentioned film, but it's it's lazy and hackneyed and, and uh, uh, just surfacely superficially funny. Um, I, I don't know. I, I was I was very disappointed by it. So and I, yeah. and sorry and I was in a position to be completely bowled over by it because I was out of my fucking mind and. <laughs> <laughs> There's I know the no feeling. excuse for being let down by that movie at that point. Right, <laughs> right. I know the feeling. I, I've there's been movies that I've like overly loved because of my state of mind at the time, and then I'll go back to it later. I'm like, yeah, this wasn't that great, but it was good. But um, yeah. this movie, yes, I I completely agree on everything you said. It it 
I don't know. I mean, uh, all the things I remember about it are there. Right. Uh, but but like, what yeah, happened? Maybe, did we just like age out of this, or it was? I yeah, don't know. Didn't... Maybe maybe we just saw it at the right at the right age where it 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 was funny or memorable in its. In well, right, space. because when you're yeah. five, any dumbass thing where, like, a guy's <laughs> holding a baby over a, uh, you know, fucking towel dryer or whatever to <laughs> sure. dry its ass is, is funny. Yeah. And uh, anytime a vacuum cleaner explodes or a washing machine runs away in the basement is fucking funny. And, and to be right. frank, those things were still kind of funny, but they're, that's, that's it. Like, it, it's just, it's gag after gag of just, uh, you know, parental suburbia just kind of like uh-huh like okay I, I get why that's funny but it's really not that fun like it's a it's an hour-long right. fucking episode of a sitcom that is just dragged into yeah. the movie and it's just for a 90 minute movie it it does not have a lot of ideas you know what i mean it's it does not it, yeah it doesn't have well, it has ideas much. but they're all those things i just said it's like what happens yeah. if the dad has to fucking like fight off a washing machine mm-hmm. what happens if the kid's blanket gets destroyed. Like, yeah. it's just like, I guess I get why that. And, and back in the eighties when, you know, moms didn't work and, and stuff as much or, or whatever, if that's even true, I don't know. I, I feel like that's been a thing for a long time. In fact, say, like yeah. a ton of comedies in the eighties are based on the fact of like a woman going out and working, you know, like working girl, baby boom, fucking, I mean, I can just go like on it, and on, but yeah. it, it, it's just, so even then, God, this movie might have been funnier in the fifties or something. It just—it seems so. <laughs> I want to say of its time, but it seems just not even of its time. It's like right, you know. And and Michael Keaton is is a star. And, oh, he's and awesome. He, there, there yeah. I have no no shade on on Keaton. He's doing right. what he does with the movie, but yeah, he he, he carries the movie for what it is and, they're all good know, everybody in Terry, this movie is yeah, good Terry Gar, Terry Gar, yeah, martin yeah, mall fucking christopher yeah. lloyd everybody in this movie yeah. is good is jeffrey That's tambor kinda... in this thing or yeah yep. yeah yeah tambor is in it yep yep he's great now christopher lloyd gets like third billing but i think he's only in about three scenes in the movie which i was kind of surprised about i thought yeah. i was i thought he was going to be in it more um because he's and this movie's he, a huge he, fucking hit too five million dollar budget makes 64.8 like wow. it's just yeah yeah and and great and I'm, I'm glad it happened because michael keaton became the star he deserved to be i think it lifted all tides everybody involved in this you know continue to do uh good things successful things i don't know who stan dragati is who directed this thing he, he did uh the man with the one 19... red shoe in 85 yeah with, he did uh, the 1991 film necessary roughness right which she's i out of control I oh yeah she's literally out of control. it yeah. literally yeah. it uh He's still alive at 85. What is with all these goddamn dudes from the 80s that, like, they have a bunch of hits, and then they're just like, ah, oh, retired in 91, never to be heard from again. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I, I couldn't have been the... Well, maybe maybe he made a boatload of money off of Mr. Mom. I don't know. But Well, maybe he go, they go on to, like, do commercials or shit sure. like that. I don't know. But it's just like, come on. What the hell? <laughs> it's just It just goes to show, Peter, like, you become a director, become successful... And then still, you can't hack right. it, in, it can still, in Hollywood for yeah. like a lifelong career or whatever. It's it's crazy. Doesn't guarantee anything, right? Yeah. Yeah, I guess not. Well, to be fair, this movie doesn't. This could be directed by fucking you know Jim Bob, whatever. There's not like a, exactly <laughs> right. a style or or whatever going on here. But still, you know, if your movie's a hit or several movies are a hit, yeah. you think you would continue to? Uh... It's like it's a perfectly fine movie, but it's. 
nothing more than that. I don't I don't know right. how else to explain it. Like it's just right. It just merely exists when I watch it now. Yeah. <laughs> like, and yet if we saw it 30 years ago, we'd probably be like, "Oh man, I love it when Mr. Mom comes on or yeah, whatever." <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, all right. I mean, should we talk about it a little bit? Like, so Michael Keaton loses his job. Uh, he, his wife has to go to work. Uh, they got they got three kids, two boys and a girl. Um, one of them still is obsessed with her whoopee, which is a blanket. <laughs> that's the big, uh, that's the thing I remember most about this movie is the whoopee. Yep. <laughs> did you have a blanket or what was your I, thing as a kid? I did have a blanket and it had little baby chicks on it. And I called it my chicky blankie. Nice. And uh, I think I probably had it until age six or seven or so, and then it just tore up. Probably, I don't know. It uh, did. Did you? Um, I did. I wasn't like obsessed with it. I think my sister had a blanket. She liked more. I like. She had a pink one. I had a blue one. I was like, this is my blanket. But I think I was more just like, my sister's got a blanket, so I need this blanket. I didn't give a. So I'm gonna. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I was like, my He-Man figures are my Whoopi or you know whatever. Like I didn't really care. Sure. About I didn't have like a comfort thing as far as I remember anyway. I don't know. Maybe my mom would tell a different story. The one thing I did do as a kid is I would suck my two finger, these two, which is weird. Most kids would be a thumb or, you know, whatever these, is it these? In, index and the fuck you finger. Okay. Yeah. My, my five-year-old does one of the, yeah, maybe it's index and in, in middle, or maybe it's the two. My five-year-old <laughs> has done that since she was born and still does it today, especially yeah. when she's Well, tired. here's the fucked up thing. Like, I would do it enough that, like, my knuckles would bleed and stuff, probably from my teeth. Oh. Like, I, I yeah. literally, when I was maybe seven years old, was like, okay, I guess I got to stop this. And I would, I would sleep, I would sit on my hand, like, stick my fingers under my ass and sleep that way to try to get myself to stop sucking them. And I finally broke the habit, but... I think it was bad for my teeth. I think it was just bad for my, clearly my knuckles and just a yes. bad habit to be getting older and still doing it. And uh, yeah. And it's weird. Now I tell my kids like they've got all sorts of dumb, bad habits. And I'm just like, ever tell you about the time that I had to like literally just sit on my own fucking hand to stop sucking my fingers. <laughs> Do that. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> get your shit together. You're way older than I was. You're fucking 13 years old. Right. Put shit. your mind to it and get it done. Yeah. God damn it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Kids are yes, so soft today. They didn't know how to. Like... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um. Oh yeah, and the and the uh, vacuum was nicknamed Jaws, which I found to be oh, funny. Yeah. Having I did, yeah, I had that. <laughs> there's a uh, there's a a subplot, if you will, not a subplot, but part of his part of his at home routine becomes him being obsessed with uh, with soap operas and uh and that's a very cliche thing and i don't i'm not saying that it was done before this but it's certainly something you've seen a million times over now where a guy's at home he's like oh, i don't want to watch this shit and then then they cut to him being completely immersed in it i feel like i've seen four or five other films where this happens um yeah kind of a kind of a funny scene not not laugh out loud by any means but when he basically dreams that he's living and living a soap opera um, was kind of one of the, one of the more memorable scenes, at least when I watched it this time, I thought it was, that was probably one of the more enjoyable parts of it. But yeah, it's still very super cliche that of course he's becoming immersed in it and calling the, some of the other moms or stay at home moms are calling him during scenes and they're discussing parts of the, 
episodes so, or whatever. So that's what I was going to say. You know, this movie has a little bit of funny insight into what it might be like. Like, listen, I have four kids. I totally know and appreciate what it's like to be like, oh, I don't have to work today. I can just fucking do this or I can let, you know, the, the wife go out and handle all these. Like, great. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and granted, I've never been out of work for long periods of time, especially with kids. So I don't know, but I'm not a complete fucking moron who doesn't know how to do laundry or, uh, you know, like, I, it's right. just never, it's never been like that. And if I have a free moment, I'm not going to take to the soaps. Like, and, and maybe it's different in, in 83. I don't, I don't know what other distractions there were. I mean, granted I'll, I'll play on my phone all day long or something if I don't have anything yeah. else to do, but, um, whatever the equivalent of that is, I don't feel like, I mean, and I'm not going to all of a sudden make friends with all the neighbor ladies and, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I know, and, and yeah, maybe, maybe if I had to go to school, drop off young kids, pick them up and you, you get into this routine of where you, you know, meet the same people, see, see the same people, stuff like that. But I don't know. I, I just, there was a, uh, there was a funny, there was a funny, um, little bit of dialogue at the beginning when, uh, they're, you know, they're, they're kind of struggling at the, he works at a, uh, a car plant basically. Right. And uh, automobile plant. And he's talking about this Rocky movie that he watched. And, and these guys are questioning him like, what, who was, who did he fight? And he, he just keeps talking and doesn't like, answer. Doesn't matter. Does, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it, did he have a Mohawk? Was it Mr. T? And, yeah. he, and then he walked, Keaton walks away and they're like, he didn't, he didn't watch Rocky. <laughs> 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 so. well even you know that's the other thing too the, this movie's opinion of of guys and how they interact mm -hmm. is completely fucked up too like i mean yeah yeah broad strokes fine it's funny guys talk about rocky movies whatever but it's just like come on this isn't right you know we're not that fucking stupid and then if we go into the the quote wife's rule or whatever they're they don't just sit at home all day and watch soap operas um you know, well um did you did you look up any? I did not look up any reviews of this one as opposed to what I did for Jaws three. Did you see? Any? I didn't. I didn't look them up, but I will say, I, like I, I already mentioned, I remember kind of reading them growing up after you know after the fact when I would start reading you know say Ebert's book or Leonard Moulton's book, and they were all yep. kind of cool to it. And like I said, I was a little surprised by that. But um, I, one thing I do want to mention, I liked uh, Ann Jillian who plays Joan. Yes. She's the the I did I don't too. Know why? Um, I just, she she gives a good performance, and, and again, cliched role. Of course, she's going to try to steal Michael Keaton away, and you know, blah blah blah. It's the she's good in this. Everybody's good in she this. Is. Jeffrey Tambor is good. Uh, I don't know. I just none of it really comes together. Leonard Moulton, he gave it two point five uh, stars out of four, uh, saying pleasant enough rehash of age old sitcom premise. Likeable stars make it palpable. Uh, Ebert, two out of four. Uh, oh, lost opportunity. Yeah. Resorting to cliches rather than finding humor in the characters as portrayed in promising, talented cast. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes is 76% out of, with only 25 reviews, though. Um, makes up for its stereotype-driven premise with a sweet script and charming work from a well-matched cast led by Michael Keaton and Terry Garr. Um, you know, again, agreed on all fronts. Uh, I just, I can't... Uh, I, I think part of my thing with this is I'm just, I was so disappointed. I, I was ready to watch this and be like, I love Mr. Mom and I can't wait to watch it again. And it's like, what? This is this movie? This is what I fucking love? Like, what? <laughs> yeah. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. I, I totally agree. It was, 
I was I was kind of surprised at uh, at my reaction to it. it. I'm glad you I'm glad you agreed. Yeah. Well, the the one reason I'm glad or not glad we that oh my god. One reason I'm not glad we agreed is that we have yet to have a uh, throwdown right. <laughs> where we completely disagree. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And and uh, when it happens, I don't want you to pull any punches and be like, "Oh shit, I really love this movie," and Ron doesn't like it, so I better just <laughs> dial it back. We need to. Yeah, we need I'd to say to... the Outsiders oh. was probably the the closest we came to that. And yeah. in terms of any sort of disagreement, but. Well, I also I mean, overrate it probably. <laughs> yeah, see what I mean? You're being all apologetic about it. You gotta, yeah. you gotta stand fast. <laughs> Fuck Stick you, Ron. Yeah. Piece of shit. Jeez. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Anything yeah. else to say about this movie? Um. No, not, I, nothing that I can. <laughs> nothing groundbreaking. Nothing. Uh, nothing spectacular um just uh just a movie is, is basically yeah. my my final takeaway of it i do wonder you know i didn't watch this with the kids or anything i do kind of wonder what what a kid watching this now would think of this i think i think the inherent comedy is still there right like a guy who has never raised kids or never been alone at home has to stay home now and raise the kids His wife has to go to work uh do you think Somebody who was my age when I first saw this, or even a little older, say ten, would think it's uh, super funny. Um, I don't right. know. I'm, maybe. Maybe well, we're just my daughter's not always target always audience looking for, for a it. movie to watch. So yeah, maybe I'll have my ten-year-old watch it and see what she thinks. Because she's always looking for a movie to watch, especially comedies. So Lord knows she doesn't need to watch Little Man again or Rob Schneider in The Animal. Yeah. <laughs> Right, well, that's a... Or white chicks. So, I'll I'll say something. I was trying to look at the numbers website for this in the, you know, the the uh, box office. I'm getting a yeah. weird... Uh, this connection is not private. This website may be impersonating the numbers Uh-oh. to steal your personal financial information. You should go Yikes. back to the previous page. Hmm. That's on the numbers website? Yeah. Um, I mean, mine is, mine is pulling up. All right, here we well, go. I don't, oh, I don't wait, know. your connection is not private. Attackers might be trying to... St- what the f- Oh, no. Same, again. What the shit is this? Has the numbers been corrupted? I don't know. I'd like to just risk it. <laughs> well, it doesn't really give you an option. No. Yeah, that's super weird. Cause like, if I go, if I just try and look at the um, the movies from 1983, uh, you can that... get on them. Yep, right. I know yeah. I was on it with you earlier. Super weird. Oh, we also didn't mention that this movie's written by John Hughes, by the way. But oh yeah, uh, right. Hughes that's... is a whole other conversation. <laughs> exactly. But, I mean, yeah, he's got nothing but classics and whatever to his resume so but yeah i guess if that, that's not too surprising i mean john hughes's stuff is all kind of like this you know a little little yeah. middle of the road little saccharine whatever sometimes he surprises you a little bit um i know he's got what people perceive as his classics but he's got sort of his 
just kind of basic uh, family comedies and stuff. Right. Some of his stuff I find to be overrated. I don't. I don't think Pretty in Pink's that good. Right. Um, I don't think The Breakfast I, Club is that good. I know that. See, that's what. I, yeah, that's one we could. That's one we could disagree, disagree on. Right on. There. Well, maybe yeah. I'll watch it again. But I watched it not too long ago, and I was still kind of like. I mean, like I get why people like this, but it, it really didn't. Yeah. do a whole lot for me but in terms of specifics and why I, I don't really remember so it's worth so it opened it opened limited release on july 22nd with 947,000, and then on its wide release on august 19th a month later it opened at number three with 4.3 million dollars uh what the fuck finishing... why did it have a month of i don't know that's weird isn't it yeah that is weird it finished behind uh easy money and risky business Hmm. And uh, its success led Universal to sign Hughes to a three-picture deal. Those films would be Sixteen Candles, Breakfast Club, and Weird Science. Wow. Well, there so you we go. Have Mr. I Mom guess. To think. Yeah. Yeah. For that reason alone, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, good enough. Uh. So, well, box office-wise, here, um, I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that Jaws 3D was the number one movie of the weekend. What do we say that? Yeah. Made? Um. Whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it. Uh, the film grossed. Jaws 3D grossed 13.4 million dollars on its opening weekend, which was 1983's wow. second highest grossing opening of the year. That's like 40 million years. today. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Um. It was number one at the box office. Um. People still love the Jaws, man. It doesn't, uh, yeah. Made, doesn't uh, matter if it's played out. Do you think million the 3D dollars. gimmick helped? or? Oh, probably, yeah. I mean, I, you know, even when we did um, Friday the 13th, uh, oh, part three. Oh, don't speak of that. It's our lost episode. I can't find it. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was, I mean, even the, the 3D in that was, was so schlocky. It was. Yeah, but it, that. You know, make, it makes a little more sense for that. I guess even this one, you know, horror movies and whatnot are uh, or akin to this sort yeah. of thing. But it, um, uh, yeah, that was it was the second highest grossing opening weekend of the year. Yeah. Behind what? Mm, yeah, because didn't we decide Star Wars didn't even have that great of an opening weekend? No, it was like 23 or something like that. Yeah. Right? Oh, if this was 13, maybe that was it, but... That says, despite being number one at the box office, it illustrates the series' diminishing returns since Jaws 3D has earned nearly $100 million less than the total lifetime gross of its predecessor and $300 million less than the original film. Oh, wow. The final sequel would attract an even lower income with around two-thirds of Jaws 3D's total lifetime gross. I have never seen Jaws 4 of you. Um, yeah, like parts of it probably, but no, I've never really sat down and watched it, but Jaws yeah, 4 says... focuses on Ellen Brody, who's oh, now widowed. <laughs> Film historian R.M. Hayes says this action was pure nonsense considering some cinemas were actually turning over more money per screen than the latest Star Wars film. Wow. Yeah, reception for the movie uh, was generally negative. Variety calls it tepid, suggests that Elvis fails to linger long enough on the Great White, 
has 11% on Rotten Tomatoes based on 36 reviews with an average of 3.5 out of 10. Critical consensus reads a cheese soaked ocean thriller with no evident reason to exist. <laughs> the, uh, it was nominated for uh, four Golden Raspberry Awards, including yeah. Worst New Star, that being Cindy and Sandy the Dolphins. <laughs> Fuck the raspberries. They're so dumb. <laughs> right. It's so dumb. I know. <laughs> the uh, and, and they also had Gossett Jr.'s Worst Supporting Actor. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Well, he really doesn't have a whole lot to do, but he's still fine. I mean, you know, like, yeah. he just has that stupid microphone for most of the movie. Well, the first half, he's, like, walking around with, a, you know, like a martini or whatever. And then the second half, he's behind that microphone. And, like, <laughs> right. It's probably a pretty easy <laughs> check for him to cash. Uh, most critics are in agreement that Jaws 2 is the best Jaws sequel. Some are unsure if Jaws 3D is better than Jaws The Revenge. <laughs> <laughs> That's the fourth one? Yeah. Okay. One uh, one reviewer says of Jaws 3D, campy performances, cheesy special effects, and downright awful dialogue all contribute to making Jaws 3 a truly dismal experience for just about everyone. It's not only hard to believe that the sequel, this downright abominable, didn't kill the franchise, but that it actually would be followed by a movie that was arguably worse, Jaws Revenge. <laughs> yeah, they were they were really not high on this movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Leonard Moulton calls the film a road company Irwin Allen type disaster film and notes that its premise is similar to the 1955 sequel to Creature from the Black Lagoon. All right. Yeah, it was nominated for a bunch of raspberries. Didn't win any, though, at least. So he got something going there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know, man. This all just sounds like just hammering down, you know? I, like, I get it. Like, this would right. be like right now if, uh, you know, a really shitty sequel to. You know, name a big thing. Avatar or something opened up, I guess, and, and you could just be yeah. like, God, what the fuck are they doing? I mean they're yeah. they're killing James Cameron's vision or whatever, and now we're on to the fourth sequel directed by somebody else and it's all hacky and shitty, I suppose. I don't know. But Yeah. Well one thing the Hollywood or critics and fans alike love to do is is beat up some or pile on, you know, like yeah. If, if it gets if the if the bad reviews start circulating more and more, then people just pile on it because it's fun to hate things, I guess. But you know, like the the specialist, or was it Assassins? One of those two. Like Stallone was getting shit on for that, and I was maybe it was Assassins. Yeah, I don't know why you would do that. He's Spe- great. Which one was? Yeah, specialist right. is the the one. Which one with was Stone and where he's the bomb expert. Everybody got shit on in that oh, movie. Banderas. Except Woods. Oh, Assassin's yeah. is Banderas, yeah. Okay. Who's the who's the bad guy in the special is? James Woods. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> the aforementioned yeah. James Woods. Good job, Peter. <laughs> well, since we're gonna be chopping out this whole last like twenty minutes anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh the did <laughs> okay. you know there was a television series? called mr mom i saw that but i didn't click on the uh, article about it can you uh so it was anybody a, of note a television adaptation of the 1983 film uh by mgm and walmart streaming service voodoo which i use for all my uh digital downloads and whatnot 
serves as a continuation of the film following an adult Megan Butler heading back into the workforce while her husband takes over the parental duties of their two children. The series serves as the first original series for the streaming service. It stars Andrea Andrus and Hayes MacArthur as Megan and Greg Anderson, respectively, and premiered September 12th, 2019. It has uh, oh. 11 episodes as of, I mean, I'm, I guess it lasted one season or whatever, but um, yeah, I was not aware of it. Well, maybe I was, and I just totally forgot about it, because remember that they're fucking just turning series into anything, or turning anything into series. <laughs> right. but... The fact that they did it in 2019 kind of shocked me. But... Yeah, I also have Voodoo. I, I should check it out sometime. Well, Peter, uh, this fucking podcast has taken less time with uh, all our bullshit at the beginning and whatever this is at the end that I'm shopping out than either of these movies. So that says something, I guess, about these two films. About July 22nd, 1983. Yeah, geez. And then we don't even know what we're going to do from here on out, right? Well, next week we have two comedies to bring you. Um, One being... National Lampoon's Vacation. Oh yeah, that'll be a good one. I hope. I hope it and, doesn't fucking yeah. stiff just like Mr. Mob did. <laughs> then we are going to uh, attempt to view the film Private School. Oh, yeah. Which uh, yet another teen sex comedy. Can't be worse Loss than Perkins too. Yes, exactly. Nothing. It does have Phoebe Cates and Matthew Modine? Oh, so fuck him in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right. Well, it's been real, Ron. Yeah. Well, we're wrapping up much earlier than you. I don't know what I'm going to do with the rest of my night. I guess I got to go talk to people and shit. Yeah, I, know. I got to talk to my mother. Yeah. Well, tell Anne I said hi. And listen, I'm sorry, everybody. Hello. Like, I just don't know what to say about these two movies. Like, listen, they're not bad. You know, watch either one of them. Jaws 3D is not as terrible as it probably looks or sounds. And Mr. Mom, I think, is unfortunately maybe even a little overrated or at least in, in your head from whatever but it's not bad either it's a fine they're both fine movies to watch like yeah. i mean i got through one just drinking some beers pre-gaming for Summerfest, and i got through the other one just eating a bunch of pizza and wings and you know <laughs> post gaming yeah. from Summerfest, and that's probably the way to do this just hit them both same day uh get 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 your buzz on i don't know otherwise they're not gonna be much fun but yeah. or show them to like a 10 year old they'll probably like them <laughs> You know, going back to uh, Summerfest, the aforementioned Summerfest, mm-hmm. um, there was an airplane with a banner, and I commented to my wife that uh, this is how we should be advertising the Big Four. <laughs> that said, listeners, <laughs> yes, <laughs> please remember to rate, like, subscribe. That's a big thing. Uh, yeah, you know, wh- whatever your uh, summer city festival is, go there. Um, I don't suggest necessarily bringing like a machine gun and like shooting around and saying, listen to the big four yeah. or anything, but something like that, like fireworks, maybe it's summer fireworks are a sure. Thing. Yeah. Just past the fourth. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, shoot off some fireworks and people are like, what the fuck is that? And just be like, watch the big four better yet. Have your fireworks spell out. Listen to the big four. Big four. Yeah, there you exactly. Go. Yep. It's not too late. Fourth's over, but fireworks are like a full summer long thing, you know? Oh, absolutely. They're, ooh, they're ooh, still ooh. out there. Or those water skiers like we saw in Jaws doing the uh, tricks and stuff. Somebody yeah. could do some sort of shit like that with Big 4-0. Do that. We could form a shape with all... Yeah, yeah like 4 <laughs> And then people are like, what does that mean? It's like, oh, you've never heard of this podcast? Well, let me inform you. Yeah, exactly. 
don't don't let them listen also, to this episode though. That's not gonna be the one. <laughs> you know, if there's a band playing at your your favorite county fair or whatever, just you got a couple beers and you go on stage. Okay, grab save, the it, microphone save it for from next the time. We we have a hard enough time coming up with ideas. Let's not blow them all in the first. <laughs> all right. Okay. <laughs> we'll chop that. Yeah. When state fair starts now, then you can make that. <laughs> that fucking analogy. Okay. All right, Peter. Okay. <laughs> uh, say hi to Anne, and uh, I will. Yeah, you know, just generally have a good week, and I'll see you. <laughs> you as well, brother. 